Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Let's Watch podcast. I am your co-host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. That's me. And Carolyn. What's up? What have you watched since the last time we talked? That is a good question. Not a lot, as per lately, but at least I've watched some as things. Um, okay, so I watched Mulan. That's, that oh was a boy. joke. I have watched Mulan. I did watch it recently, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's Mulan. It's the shit. I watched Aliens. Not Alien, but Aliens, the sequel to Alien. Have you seen Alien? No. I saw the first 10 minutes. What, was it too scary for you? No, your sister turned it off. Oh, that's that seems like something she would do. Yeah, so I watched Aliens, which was basically about, you know, a surrogate mother fighting an alien mother so that was pretty fun i think everybody knows what aliens is i'm pretty confident with that one but like it's it's literally a mother battle like because the i think my favorite scene from that was where the alien mother like literally like <laughs> she's popping out these eggs left right and center and then she like basically rips off her butt half to go after um the lady so uh, after ripley yeah it's very uh, What did you think of it, though? I love that movie. What did you think of it? It was great. It was, it was like, campy enough. Um, I mean, it's, it's James Cameron, right? So it could always be trimmed down a little bit in certain areas, but it's, I, can see, I can see why these things are classics. It's way, it's way too long, but that's just a James Cameron movie. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's awesome. Sigourney Weaver is so good in that movie. She... <laughs> She's fun. She's basically the only character that, like, matters. All the rest are kind of, like, annoying. Michael Michael Bean matters. Which one was that? He was the only other... He was the other adult person who lived other than Newt. Oh, yeah, but he's, like, passed out in a corner. Yeah, but he lives. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I found every other character was very one-note, but she was pretty badass. Yeah, Yeah, she is. Well, it's, it's all about Ripley, right? Because she's the only one who made it out of the first movie as well, right? Yep. But I liked it. No, it was good. I can see why uh, people like the Alien movies as classics. Classics. Um, so the second thing I saw. Um, what else have I watched? I have watched Pumping Iron 2, The Women. Oh, why didn't you watch Pumping Iron 1? Because this was for a women in film class. But Pumping Iron 2, The Women, is hilarious and incredible. And I recommend everyone watch it. Is it, be- is it bad? It's, it's like, yes. So for those who don't know, Pumping Iron is the movie that made Arnold Schwarzenegger famous, and it's about male body- bodybuilding. And so Pumping Iron 2, The Women, is self-explanatory. Um, so <laughs> it follows these, I guess there's two or three main characters, um, or maybe four, whatever. And so it kind of follows, uh, the whole point is like definitions of femininity, and um, so they kind of have discussions about that throughout. But the reason it's hilarious is because bodybuilding's a really, really weird thing. Um, like it is a really weird thing. It's so weird. So they show the competition, and the first round of the competition is just like posing or whatever. So there's like the 20 women, however many, and they call two or three up at a time, and then they tell them to do a certain pose, and they do it, and then they compare and whatever. So that part was relatively normal as far as standing in a line with your muscles out goes. But to the second round... They called it free pose, but it, it was essentially Uh-oh. muscle dancing. So it was like they would do their own choreography. Flexing their muscles in a dance? No, it's like it, w- it was almost like interpretive dancing, but with poses thrown in. So it would be like 80s music, 80s hairstyles, and these girls would be prancing around the stage and then just whip out their massive muscles into a flex or a weird pose. And it was like <laughs> it was the strangest dancing I've ever seen. And it was incredible and hilarious. And then the third round, they got the top eight. And so basically, they had a certain amount of time to just pose as much as they could. And to, you know, it was like last-ditch effort to show the judges what they got. But all eight of them did it at the same time in the middle of the stage. So they're all, like, trying to fight to be at the front of the group. And, like, they're posing. But, of course, they have these sickly sweet smiles on. So they're, it's hilarious as they're all, like, elbowing each other, flexing in each other's faces. And so we called that, like, the... The pick me, pick me round, because that's essentially what it was. So, incredible movie. Definitely worth a watch. Interesting commentaries <laughs> on femininity, but, like, also it's funny. So, so that, that's my life. 
I don't really know what to say about that because I didn't know there was a pumping iron to the women. There is, and it's a gem. An 80s gem. A gem? A hidden gem? An undiscovered gem. (laughs) That it is. Oh, God, what a weird movie. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, what is this? Bodybuilding's weird. Bodybuilding is weird. Are you going to become a bodybuilder? Yeah, I mean, that movie inspired me, so. (laughs) Get all swole. I actually am a bodybuilder. It's just, I hide it. Uh, did, Did they show them using drugs? No. No. It didn't really get into that side of uh, things. Oh, okay. Is that it, Carolyn? Yeah. Um, well, one more thing. I also watched um, The Mindy Project Season 4, which recently, when The Mindy Project got canceled by Fox, um, Hulu picked it up, and in Canada, nothing changed, and it was <laughs> st- stuck with the same provider. But anyhow, I watched Season 4 because it's now on Netflix. I quite like The Mindy Project. I find it interesting because very relatable to people of my, um, you know, caliber. But I don't know, this season there's just something a little bit lackluster about it. I don't know if it's because her relationship, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> her relationship with the, the main guy that's been, like, not really on and off, but, like, their relationship is one of the more interesting parts of the show. Like, they're, I don't know, they're engaged now, and it's just kind of like, I don't know. There's just something lacking, and it misses a lot of that charm, and it spends a lot of time focusing on their home life and stuff. And I think maybe for its original audience, which is, like, you know, university students and, like, postgrads, young professionals, whatever, it was really relatable then in this whole, like, you know, quest to find love, but also to figure out your business and whatnot. And it's almost like the character has too many good things going for her and yes she's having like issues with her boyfriend and stuff but like I don't know I think all the the things that people found relatable about her in the first place have now kind of you know she's past that point now she's you know got a good job she knows what she wants to do she's kind of with a guy she likes yes there's problems but I don't know it's hard because obviously it's the fourth season they have to have something happen like if you're still waiting for her to get the guy like that would be stupid but yeah, and they have to grow the like and continue the storyline. Otherwise, it's just the same thing over and over and over. So it becomes stale. But then they might move past what the show was originally supposed to be. Exactly. So I kind of hope it like I didn't dislike it. There are still really great scenes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I was just a little bit let down. So well, it's is it is that this last season or is there one? Is there more coming or is it like up in the air again? I think Hulu's picked it up for. Uh, what did they say? I was reading Mindy's book the other day, and it said in it how, <laughs> how long they picked it up for. I think they picked it up for 24 more episodes, um, and this season was only 10, so they have at least a, another season coming. Um, okay. And you're going to watch it because you and Mindy Kaling are like We're kindred spirits, um, except I realize how old <laughs> she is, and I'm like, damn, girl, either you need to grow up or I need to, you know, demature. So. I th- obviously the second one, Carolyn. <laughs> Yes, I'm too mature. I would not say that's you're the problem. Ma- you're, you're too mature for your uh, 29-year-old body. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Is that all, Dunk? That's all. I had a pretty, pretty boring couple of weeks. I watched The Parent Trap, but I've seen that 900 times. Gotta love that Lindsay Lohan. I don't want to talk about it, so. <laughs> so, that conversation's over. What have you it's watched? It's been cut. I also haven't watched a bunch of things it's been uh, a busy time like the last week like the last couple weekends have been taken up with like the oscars and other events stuff so i guess the only thing of note that i've watched uh is the movie called the witch oh yeah the sundance horror movie i did quotes around it Mm -hmm. because it's not really a horror movie it's just kind of a thriller which i knew going in and i think a lot of people don't know going in uh, and one best director at Sundance the year it came out, which I think was 2015 last year, mm-hmm. and is now just getting a theater release. And it's about a family in the 1600s before the Salem Witch Trials, but around that time in the northeastern United States, I think Massachusetts, but I don't think they ever really say, but like that type of area. Well, because isn't Salem in Massachusetts? Yeah, but, like, it's just... I was just saying Salem Witch Trials for, like, the time frame. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, like, that's never mentioned in the movie. Right. But 
but it's before then, mm-hmm. obviously. And it's about this family of seven who are kicked off the plantation because they're too religious. Mm-hmm. They're like fucking hardcore, uh, like super devout, like so devout that it's they uh, don't agree with. Yeah, like too devout for people. So like that's and they get kicked off and they go out into the the woods and are going to do their own farm away from the plantation by themselves so they can practice. So like that's kind of what it's like the basic set around and it's um, a mother and a father uh, to a girl who I think is about 14 or 15, a boy who I would say is around 10, two twins who are around like six and then a or four somewhere in that age, like toddlers and then a baby. Right. And they speak in like old English as well, like all the dialogues in old English. So it takes some while to get used to. And they're all very British. Mm-hmm. And the movie starts with, it's like the second scene of the movie is, it's in the trailer. So if you don't want to know spoilers, just skip ahead like 10 seconds. Uh, but the oldest daughter is playing peekaboo with the baby. She goes, peekaboo, baby, peekaboo, and then the baby's gone. Oh. <laughs> so like, that's how it, like the movie starts and it like identifies right away that what you're dealing with is actually real supernatural stuff. Right. Because if that scene wasn't there then the movie would have been like 45 minutes of these people just like devolving in isolation as a family by themselves and becoming like, like you don't really, you wouldn't know mm-hmm. if anything was going on. It would just be kind of like this period drama about this family that is like getting on each other's nerves essentially and like bad shit is happening to them. Right. And then it gets like, it's just like a slow build in tension. And I was very, very tense for like the last 45 minutes of this movie. There was points when the uh, the director... He does these, t- these, there's no jump scares in this movie at all. Like, that's not how he wants to scare you. Mm-hmm. But he'll, like, leave the camera on a scene for, like, t- five to ten seconds too long. Oh, yeah. Like, he'll just let you sit there. And you know what the other scene looks like. You know what's, like, when it's going to cut, what's going to be there. And you're just like, come on, man. <laughs> I would really like you to cut right now because I can't handle this. There was points when I was watching it where I was like, I just have to focus on a point on the screen and not look in case it's a cut and it's something I don't want to see. So that was, and that was like the last 45 uh, minutes of this movie. And I don't want to say much because I think a lot is gained from going and not knowing. Just know that it's not really a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's like tense and scary, but it's not scary in the ways of like most horror movies where it's like jump scares and kind of immediate. This is like something that I was like, I was like, fuck, Mm -hmm. this is like gonna scare me. This is something I'm gonna think about for like a week. Yeah. And this is like fucked up. Oh, and all the acting's really good. The mum is the mum from Game of Thrones who did the breastfeeding. Who did the breastfeeding? I think breastfeeding? that's the only thing. We'll be, a cat's sister, Catelyn's sister. Oh, the one she who's creeped got, like, the me old, out. The, yeah, the, old, the older child who's still breastfeeding. That lady. Right, yeah. Uh, and then the father is also from Game of Thrones. And he played somebody called like Dagner Clefjaw. Oh, yeah. So he's probably a wildling, if I had to guess, with a name like that. Yeah. But the kids are really good in this movie. They're amazing. Especially as like speaking in Old English. And there's a scene at the end where I was like, I was watching it and not knowing the age of the main actress, I was like, I don't know if we should be watching this right now. This makes me feel weird. What happened? What happened? How old is she in real life? Because in this movie, she's like 14 and I don't want to know. Please stop. Tell me more. What happened? I I can't. I can't because it's a big spoiler. Uh. Uh, I can tell you then cut it out because you'll never watch this movie because it will make you poop your pants. No, it sounds good. It's also not gory or bloody or anything like that. Yeah. It's like really low budget, but it is like really effective in like tone and mood and it's filmed beautifully. And there's when a character comes back naked, that's when things start to pick up. And like from that point then on, I was not enjoying myself while I was watching that movie. I was just too stressed. It would have been another like It Follows yeah, it would have been another It Follows situation where I was like, I need to look this up on Wikipedia because I can't handle this stress right now. You're a I just wimp. need to know so I can enjoy this. Um, but no, it's great. It's a fucking great movie. And then other than that, I've almost, I guess I just want to say this because Carolyn has watched some of The Wire, not all of The Wire, but some of it. You've watched some of The Wire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was watching, uh, I'm almost finished with Jessica Jones. I have two episodes left. But uh, Freeman from The Wire shows up in that show. 
he was the guy who he was the cop who made like tiny furniture as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then becomes like a huge main character for the rest of the show which you haven't watched but he shows up in jessica jones as a police officer mm-hmm. and i was like fucking freeman <laughs> that guy is gonna be the best cop on this show and then they fucking shoot him in the head and i was like please stop killing when you cast people from the wire i freak out because it's like they immediately just become that character in my head again it's like the uh uh, I know you haven't reached this point in the in the wire, but in Game of Thrones, when Littlefinger shows up for the first time, I knew that was Carcetti from the wire, and I was like, "Motherfucker, don't trust that dude. He will stab you in the back." See, I started watching um, Game of Thrones first, so he's always Littlefinger, and no matter anything I see, like it's it's crazy. He's 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 cast as being that terrible human for the rest of his life. Don't trust that guy. He's conniving and evil. He will fucking shank you. Uh, other than that, uh, not. I haven't watched much. Right. Not, not a ton. I just haven't had a lot of time. So hopefully I'll get to watch more soon. Anyway, Carolyn. I know yes. what your news story is going to be. The Oscars happened? The Oscars happened. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me get my list. I also have my okay. list out. So the Oscars happened. I said, why don't we chat highlights or lowlights? Oh, I was going to ask you if there's anything you wanted to talk about from them. I guess... My highlights were Mad Max winning about the first eight awards, which was great because I did the, my ballot was writing Mad Max in everything, even the ones it wasn't nominated for and picking it. I was not, I was just kidding. I wrote Mad Max with everything with the uh, production awards. So Mm -hmm. my main thing there is like, somehow this movie is recognized as being the movie that won all of the production minus like cinematography and visual effects but somehow Mm -hmm. the director doesn't win best director well because the director it can be argued doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with those but a director directs everybody in a movie that's like his job yeah he like makes that is true he's like the boss who like moves people around and like organizes shit yep so that would be like the only thing even though i think it's fine that in a read to one i just wanted it to be george miller I picked George Miller on my thing. I didn't think he was going to win, but I wanted him to, and that was the one I went heart for, and that was silly of me. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then Ex Machina winning visual effects was a surprise. Popped mainly out of because... nowhere. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense. It has good visual effects, but like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just like, uh, okay. Nobody saw that one coming. Like, that was, I just... And then the short film ones, I didn't get a single one right, because that was a shot in the dark. Yep. Uh, Sylvester Stallone not winning Best Supporting Actor uh, was a heartbreak. That was on yeah, a deeply personal level. Incredibly surprising too, since he won all of the awards leading up to it. Yeah, and everybody was like really excited for Stallone's speech, and then it didn't get to happen. Yep. Poor Sly. And then my heartbreak was quickly followed by Carolyn's heartbreak of Lady Gaga not winning <laughs> Best Song to Sam Smith. Okay, Sam Smith's performance was actually, like, not good. I actually thought he gave the best performance of the night. He, well, he was talking about it later, and he said he was really embarrassed because, like, he wasn't hitting the notes properly and stuff. Like, I think he was just really nervous. Well, it is, like, it's a big stage. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But, like, no, he was even saying he didn't think it was a good performance. I don't know. I don't know. In terms of Bond songs, that was It sucks. It does. It does. Yeah, it's no Skyfall, and, um... I don't know. I just thought the the message behind uh, the Lady Gaga song and like the performance and everything. I it was just it was just a surprise. Um, and then Sam Smith, his speech made him look kind of like <laughs> an asshole. <laughs> that idiot. Seriously though, because he's like, oh yeah, I read this thing and like maybe it's not true, but like no gay man has ever won an Academy Award except all of the ones that have, which is a lot. Elton John's won an Oscar, so right. And, like, Elton John is, like, someone that everyone's heard of, and he won it for the same category. And what's silly is, like, if Sam Smith is going to get up there and make a speech about gay rights, you would think he would have cared enough to Google it first. Yes. Or, yeah, at least be like, hey, is this right? Yeah. Do you think he said that because he, like, it was right after the Gaga performance when they had, like, all of the people out on stage, and then Joe Biden came out and talked about it? And then <laughs> Sam Smith wins, and he's like, I need to say something that is, 
Like, they won't kill me for... So I'm just going to go up and say this and hope it's true. But you know what's stupid is I watched the the backstage interviews after... Or not backstage, but you know when they get interviewed by the press after they win? Um, yeah. And someone's like, hey, so, um, you know you know how you said this thing on stage? Well, we looked into it. Um, you're not the first gay person to have won an Oscar. And he was like, come on! Like, he was pissed. And it was like okay, or you could be happy. And then the interviewer kind of was trying to help him out of his hole and was like, but isn't that a good thing? Like, you know, it, it's good that it's happened before and that it didn't take till 2016. And like, they were trying to help him out of the hole and then he was like, oh yeah, I guess. And I'm like, oh, you look like such a jerk. He's also still like really young, isn't he? Yeah, I don't even know. I think Sam Smith's like 23. I felt like with people saying stupid stuff, on stage like i sometimes give them a pass just because it's like a big it's like a huge moment he's 23 years old yeah yeah so like maybe he just got overwhelmed and it all came out wrong but he just came across really poorly he did also i i wasn't i felt like i was the only person who wasn't a fan a fan a fan uh a fan of the gaga performance i it didn't do much for me no no i'm still not over uh, the fact that she did the David Bowie tribute at the Grammys, and that was frankly terrible. Well, what's interesting about the singers, too, um, there was only three performances this year and five people nominated. And in every other <laughs> yeah. past, they've had all all of the performers perform. And they were like, oh, we're cutting time, so we're not doing performances. But, like, I was reading a blog post by, um, I don't remember the person's name because it was something weird, but the person who did the Manta Ray song, and um and one of the ones that wasn't performed right yeah and so she was a transgendered person and um so she was was, hmm? is sorry she oh i I meant like was when she was nominated still is because that's how that works but anyways um so yeah she's transgendered and in her blog post she was like i know that's not why they didn't put me on like they're not sitting there being like oh we don't like you that kind she was like it just sucks because she got nominated and was so excited and like hurried home to like prepare and everything and then she just kept waiting for that call that never came and then they got a call that's like oh yeah you're not performing because we're cutting we're cutting time and then a couple yeah. weeks later um what's his face the country dude Keith Urban was announced as one of the performers and she was like wait what like he wasn't even nominated how is that what is going on so I think it's just pretty shitty that they capitalized on the three people who would bring in the biggest crowd and the biggest audience, and they didn't they didn't celebrate the younger people. And um, her blog post was really interesting because it was like, she's like, I know it's not because I'm transgendered. I know it's just because I'm not very famous over here. She's very famous in, like, Europe and Australia and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's shitty. Like, that sucks. Well, Carolyn, they, need to make, they needed to make room for that girl guide cookies bit. What, all five times it happened? I thought it was cute the first time, and then I was like, stop. Also, those girl guides have not gotten their money yet. Julianne Moore never got her cookies. She handed over a bill, and then no one handed her cookies. That, (laughs) just so many travesties happened in a row right there. Uh, I guess the only award that we haven't really covered, because I think most of it is kind of how people expected it to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is Spotlight actually winning Best Picture? I was so surprised. I thought it was going to be The Revenant when it's, once it won like the Best Director. I was like, oh, 100% here. Yeah. And then Spotlight, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad it's Spotlight. But apparently it's um, it's theater sales have just been like through the roof ever since it won. Um, it's but... the first time people heard of this movie and they're like, what's that movie? Well, to be fair, the title, from the title, I wouldn't have known what it was. Like, I didn't know what it was when I was going to see it with you and like you kept I was like wait which one is that and you would tell me and I was like okay which one is that because like spotlight it, it is sounds a very like, generic title it sounds like uh, like dream girls you know like <laughs> seriously though it does and my favorite part about that is that they cut to Michael Keaton walking up on stage as he was saying fuck yes <laughs> I was like he totally was like he was like fuck yeah and that's the, the when they cut to him I was like good timing um yeah. I'm also really stoked that spotlight one uh way more than the revenant because I was just like uh I don't need that movie to be it wasn't the best movie this year where spotlight like an argument could be made yeah uh, obviously the correct answer was Mad Max and they decided not to pick it for some reason even though they picked it for everything else, 
but I thought a lot of the people who got uh, who won for Mad Max made some really interesting speeches. Um, <laughs> They're all so Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. They were very go Australia, but like it was interesting because they were kind of mentioning how like it really is a story about you know kind of a mentally unstable dude and Furiosa is like missing an arm or something, something like that. Just watch the fucking movie, Carolyn. I'm sorry, but regardless, people were saying it makes some really interesting um, commentaries, and like the costume designer was like, you know what? It kind of says like, treat other, be, be nice to people, because otherwise we could be headed down to a scary path. So, and anyways, I thought it was like kind of neat. I'm stealing this joke off of Twitter, but mm-hmm. uh, next year Mad Max can resubmit for best documentary once Donald Trump wins president of the United States. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> It is good. I like that joke. Uh, well, how did you think of Chris Rock? I don't know if you saw his um, monologue or any of his I stuff. I thought that certain bits were really good in that he... They had to touch on the Oscar So White issues. And I think for the most part, he did it in a way that was like lighthearted enough that it didn't feel accusatory, but also, um, but also you know, got, got to the point. Um, I thought some of his bits were, were very funny as well yeah i thought he actually did a really good job too yeah i thought what he said about jada smith was the funniest thing ever because <laughs> also yeah i was like, wondering about that okay jada when she was all oh i'm boycotting blah, 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 and i was like i really don't care about you like you're not even famous like who are you <laughs> you're a tv actor yeah i also liked the uh the jack black joke i thought that was really funny which one was that the one when it was like uh black history minute and it was like this actor started an enemy of the state and something else that you thought it was going to be Will Smith. And then it comes up with Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and like there was the usual misses, like the uh, the uh, bringing out the Asian and Jewish children was just like kind of I was like, that doesn't really fit with the what you're going here for guys. That's kind of like making fun of exactly what you're saying the problem is. But OK. Yeah, it shows that Hollywood has a race problem, and it's not just for black folk, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, I thought it was, like, a good show. It was long. Yeah. But it was it entertaining. Is. And, like, most of the awards we knew. But Carolyn and I made a bet of who would get more right, and the other would have to do something. Yeah. Uh, and I got 17. I got 14. Correct. So Carolyn yeah. has to watch let's say four movies by the end of or like halfway through april or something okay Ooh, good i got an extension good yes uh end of march is too close especially with like school ending and stuff so giving you like some free time april's um, exam so i got all the free time in the world what do you do when you don't want to study you watch watch bad terrible movies? movies well maybe not oh well, let's say three terrible and one that's good Ugh, and I may so or may funny. not have just Googled 50 worst movies of this past decade or 50 best movies of this past decade and picked ones I haven't seen and I haven't thought you've seen. And maybe that's where this came from. Oh, but good. Carolyn. Let me get a pen. Pick... I got to write this shit down. Uh, let's do. Do you want to start with the good one or the bad ones? No, start me with the bad. Start me with the bad. You got to like just hit me with the hard shot and then t- t- give me the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, I have a list of 10 here. Okay. I want you to pick three numbers. Do it one at a time. Don't just go like, blah, 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 because then I won't, I'll screw it up somehow. You need the it's big reveal, right? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Also, there, I know, there's one movie on here I know you don't want to watch, and I really hope you pick it. Well, if I don't pick it, you're going to have to tell me what it was. Yes, of course. All right. If it's Twilight, joke's on you, because I love that shit. I know you don't. <laughs> So it is Twilight. No, it isn't. <laughs> um, okay, I pick number seven. Uh, oh, no. I Okay, let, when I went through this list, I looked for movies that were specifically made by certain people to help fill it out. There's some Adam Sandler, oh. uh, some Tyler Perry, oh. some general Hollywood Christian shit, which is okay. Carolyn's, like those... So Carolyn hits the Tyler Perry movie right away. Is it Medea Goes to Jail? No, it's Temptation, Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. Oh, God. That Make sure it's actually Tyler, Tyler Perry. I just thought that was uh, very funny if you had to watch it. My goodness. Ooh, it's, I can tell you who's in it. 
It is Tyler Perry. He wrote, directed, and it's a stage play by Tyler Perry. Um, Kim Kardashian West. Can't wait. Uh, Vanessa Williams. Okay. Journey Smollett Bell and Lance Gross. So have fun with that one, Carolyn. That sounds amazing. It came out in 2013. It's got a 4.9 on IMDb. And it's only an hour and 51 minutes. Okay, that's very long, but... (laughs) Well, could be worse. (laughs) It could be worse. Okay, Carolyn, pick another number, please. Not number seven. Give me three. Oh, Carolyn, you hit the Christian movie. What is it? Son of God. Son of God? Son of God. So Jesus. Yeah, let me IMDb it for you. I put some ones on here that I thought were just funny, and you've just hit, like, maybe two of the worst. (laughs) It's got a five and a half on IMDb. Two hours and 18 minutes. Came out in February of two years ago. Right. It's uh, directed by Christopher Spencer, and it's got uh, Sebastian Knapp, Gary Oliver, Nonso Enzoni, Jasa Haoluoya, Joe Cohen, I don't know, a bunch of people I haven't known. Di- Diogo Mordag- Morgado. A bu- it looks fucking terrible. Oh and my god, it's two it's... hours and 18 minutes. Yep, I, I said that to you. That's... Have fun with that one. Well, you know what's funny? I was talking to my friend who's Christian, and she asked me if I had seen any Christian movies, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the ones that are on TV, and she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. There are some bad movies out there. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> They're terrible. Yep. yep. So, Carolyn, have fun with that one. Yeah, uh, thank you. I could make this, I could have made it, you have to watch these movies back to back to back. I would cry. One more number, please. <sighs> Nine. Oh, no. <laughs> you. I think you hit the three worst. <laughs> Atlas Shrugged Part 1. What is it? Atlas Shrugged Part 1. What is that? Well, you've heard of Ayn Rand, right? Like the book? Yeah. Well... Let me yeah, just pull yeah. it up on IMDb. Uh, well, it's based off of the book, and they made a trilogy out of it, and all of the movies are apparently terrible. Oh, these so, are all here so we go. long. Ashes. Oh, this one's an hour and 37 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it has a 5.8 on IMDb, so it's the best one, apparently. It's got Taylor Schilling, Grant Bowler, uh, who's it directed by? Paul Johansson. Apparently, it's terrible, and they've made three of them. So, And it it's, an, it's Ayn Rand. Time. So have fun with that. Yeah, that okay, sounds Carolyn, amazing. Yes. You get to pick one good one, and it's a separate list of ten, and you get to pick one number. Give me five. <gasps> you have to watch Fast and the Furious 5. Oh, I thought it was going to be Mad Max with that reaction. No, I put Fast 5 as number five. I was oh, so goodness. excited for you to pick that number. Do I have to watch the first four to know what's going on? No, no, don't be silly. <laughs> okay. I'm just so excited you get to watch the best Fast and the Furious movie. It's just called Fast Five, right? Fast Five. Fast Five. It has Dwayne. They all do. Uh, the movies that Carolyn missed, uh, I'll start with the bad list, yeah. are Twixt, which is Francis Ford Coppola's weird movie with uh, Fat Val Kilmer. There was another uh, Christian movie, God's Not Dead. Right. Uh, Twilight was on there. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. The Ridiculous Six, Adam Sandler's Netflix movie. Yeah. Uh, Rock of Ages. Oh, yeah. Labor Day. Right. And Legion. You know what? If I could have picked from those, I would have picked Twilight, Rock of Ages, and Labor Day. Yep. And you, you got, you did not get None those. Yeah. And then on the good ones, uh, Mr. Nobody, which is a Jared Leto movie. Uh, the yeah. Woman, which is a foreign uh movie uncle boon me who can't recall his past lives because of the title uh the guest which is great uh dog tooth rubber a separation a prophet and upstream color interesting you should send me that list because i kind of want to check those out yeah i picked ones that i was trying to think you haven't seen and that were like indie so carolyn have fun with fast and the furious five son of god (laughs) temptation confessions of a marriage counselor and atlas shrugged part one Ooh, I literally boy. cannot wait. Oh, trust me, you can. Yeah, when my housemate says, what movie are we watching tonight? I'm going to say Temptation. <laughs> Atlas Rock! <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want to open up with Son of God. That one will just, everyone will just look at you and be like, what? <laughs> yeah. 
Carolyn, is there something you're not telling us? They'd be like, well, I'm a, a recently born again, guys. So. Yep. That's me. Oh, Carolyn. Have fun with that. Oh, and you also have to watch the bad movie we picked to this week. Yeah, I have a lot of movies to watch. I'm pretty sure none of those are on the list. True. So I was also like, I don't want to watch them. So oh my God, is it bad that. movie week? Yeah, it is bad movie week. Oh, can't it be good movie week? No, you get to pick next, though. <sighs> oh, goody. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with the Oscars? Or do you gotten everything you wanted to say about it out I of your mouth hole? Oscared out. You're Oscared out? Yep. Who's going to win next year? Uh, Beasts of... The, or what Beast of... <laughs> Birth of Birth a of Nation. Birth of a Nation. There we go. Yeah, I, that, it's 100% already. Yep. I can already tell it's going to win. From Oscar So White to here's a movie Look, we about... Can, we can recognize black movies. Yeah. Right, guys? Even <laughs> yeah. if it's not even if it's not the best movie, it's going to win. Yeah. Well, even um Sundance usually apparently has uh it it does kind of spotlight some people very early in the year that might be front runners for not necessarily best picture, but for some awards next year, and they're already saying that one is like front runner material. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see, but I am also going to I also think that movie is going to probably win like the best picture and best actor or something. Yep. Anyway, Carolyn, is there anything else you want to talk about for movie news other than the Oscars, or is that it? Nah, man, that's lots of news. Okay. I pulled a Carolyn for the movie we had to watch that I picked a while ago. Uh, In that it's called it's Phoenix. <laughs> and it, that is foreign with subtitles. Yep. I have a hard time describing what this movie is. Yeah. Because it's kind of describing it is a, a spoiler of the movie. It's... It's interesting because it's kind of a love story, but like so much more than that, you know? Yeah, I guess essentially it's about a woman who is escaped Auschwitz or has not escaped Auschwitz. She was there when Auschwitz was getting when all when it was when the it all fell down terribly and bad things were happening to people. And she was shot in the face and lived but needed reconstructive surgery Yeah, in order to uh you know live a functional life again mm-hmm. um and she's the only surviving member of her family and this is all described within like the first five minutes of the movie i think yeah so she gets her face she gets her face reconstructed kind of to look like her old self is what they say but i don't really know well the thing with yeah and they kind of touch on this in the movie it's like you can try to make it look like you but like they they never can quite. It's like, you know, mushing up a clay pot. You can't put it back to exactly what it was. You know, you can try your darndest, but you're going to look off kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then her whole goal is that once she's back into her hometown is to try to find her husband, who yeah. is not Jewish. And yeah. she is. Uh, so she's just trying to find him. And then we follow her on that journey, I mm-hmm. guess, is like a way without spoiling it yet, um, which we will get into spoilers but... Well, fairly well. Okay, so I guess we can talk about its scores on Rotten. Well, we can talk about spoilers now. I'm just like that's the spoiler warning. So from now on, Carol and I are going to be like discussing in detail like what happens with stuff in this yeah. movie because it's like 20 minutes into the movie, we it's like it kind of goes into that area where it's like, well, if you didn't know anything going in, like this would yeah change things. So leave now if you haven't watched it. Come back. after um so it got a 98 on rotten tomatoes yes um and the audience score was 82 and then on imdb it was a 7.3 imdb people are mean yeah they are mean do you think those uh the audience score and the imdb score are because of the ending i think uh partly i think it's it's a movie where not it's not to say not a lot happens, but a lot of the stuff that happens is a bit more subtle. So I think that in our Snapchat age of attention spans and people wanting explosions and whatnot, they might not have gotten enough from this movie. You know, it might have just been a bit too slow. I personally was riveted the entire time. I thought, like, yeah. I also stopped noticing that it had subtitles. Like, I was just reading it like I was hearing the characters. Um, mm. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult subject matter but not in like you watch movies like Schindler's List and you know how to feel. But this movie, she's chasing after a husband who, for a while, you're like, oh, he may have betrayed her. But then, maybe he didn't. But she's not. 
it's hard to relate to her because, well, she got her face blown off, but also she's not telling him that she's the wife. And you're sitting there going, Yeah, she's Why? pretending. Yeah. She's, she's pretending to be a lady who's pretending to be his wife. And you wonder what sort of fear that comes from. And I, th- I think, yeah, I think people just are like, this is, it makes you uncomfortable because you just don't know how to feel. And I think audiences like to know how to feel. I, I, I agree with that as well. It's a very, it's a movie that it's just it's like up for you to decide how to feel, even though it, everyone will feel bad. Yeah. Um, but like she says in the movie, like why she didn't say who she, that she was Nellie to her husband is because like he was helping her remake her into who she was before she was sent to Auschwitz. Yeah. Because, like, she was a broken human being, like, physically and mentally when she came back. Like, she could barely, like, f- function. Yeah. Like, she was a kind of, like, a sh- just a sh- like a-, a shell. I don't, I'm, like, conflicted about this movie. I think this movie is, is great. And the acting is so good and so, like, understated. Mm-hmm. And everything there. I do think it's a little bit too slow to get going. Mm-hmm. Um, especially once she gets back to where- Berlin, right? It's Berlin, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it I think it is. just takes yeah. too long for her to get back with Johnny or, like, where they're finally interacting. Well, what's hard about that, too, is you don't quite know what's going on. Like, you're sitting there being like, okay, who are these people that they keep saying are dead? Okay, I assume they're her family. Wait, did Johnny betray her? Wait, there's Johnny. Wait, he's not dead. And it's kind of like they, they purposely aren't telling you exactly what happened, but it's a long time to not quite know what's going on, you know? That's true. I think... I- we actually know, like, right away that Johnny betrayed her because we see the document of the divorce papers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought we knew that right away. I thought that was kind of obvious, but you were hoping that it wasn't. Yeah, I- exactly. Yeah, you spend the whole movie doing that. But it's kind of like, it takes a long time to get into the story of what happens now kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's like the last 20 minutes, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah. Of It's like the, most of the movie is just her becoming her again yeah and learning how to be a human and falling back in love with her husband Mm -hmm. and him being so guilt-stricken that he can't even realize what's right in front of him well what's hard too is like yeah she's using this to be herself again and I I found Johnny I found him really creepy at points but other times you're like wow it seems he really loved his wife like on the one hand you're sitting there being like okay he's trying to get her the money from his dead wife that's not he does not love her um, that he betrayed. At, yeah. And then at other points, you're sitting there and he's describing. And he's like, no, you're not like her. Like, she she was like this. And he, he describes her as, like, beautiful. And he clearly has some love left in his heart for her. Be that just because she's dead or, like, whatever. So it kind of... It's strange. I feel always very conflicted about Johnny. Like, if he was just out and out a terrible human, then that would be one thing. But, like, he offers to split the money with this stranger. Like, yes, it's the only way he can get the money. But, like... Yeah, it's, it's... He's not, like, coercive or anything. He doesn't try to, like... I thought he was gonna... I, I was very scared that he was gonna try to, like, hit on her or, like, sneak into her bed in the middle of the night or something like that. And then, you know, that would be a weird situation because, like, it's her husband, so she would be fine. But, like, is it her husband? Is she herself, you know? Yeah, and she's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But, like... But he didn't do that. So I was like, okay, so he's not the worst person in the world, but he's kind of the worst person in the world. You know, he is kind of like, but he's he's obviously he's also not like considering like the time frame and the people who are around there because like when they meet up with all their old friends and she was like the only Jewish one. Yeah. And like he shows her that picture of like, oh, he was a Nazi. He was a Nazi. They're both dead. Yeah. Uh, But those are their widows. Uh, So when you go meet up with them and he's like, just know that. And I just when she got off the train, when she was meeting up with them and then she has to be hugged by these, like most of them were just Germans who didn't do anything. But like the ones who were like married to Nazis. Yeah. And it was just like, I can't even imagine like everybody's just pretending that it doesn't exist for this poor lady. But she's like, "Okay, I know what you did. You you didn't do this directly to me, I think. But we were friends. And the apparently once this started you guys just flipped and were like we're not friends anymore but now it's over we can be friends again and it's just like exactly i think it has some really interesting but not slap you in the face commentaries about um well nazi germany and concentration camps like even just yeah you're right including them in the same photos and um because like for a while i was like why are they seeing the same photos as nazis and it's like oh because they were just friends and then the times said they couldn't be you know yeah well and i understand why those germans didn't want to be because it put them in danger oh absolutely but it's just it just 
it speaks to some interesting things, like, especially with Nazi Germany and everything, movies usually put good versus evil, but this, there's just people and their interactions, and, like, her husband betrayed her, but that probably happened a lot back then, like, he was scared, and he was, he already was going to divorce his wife, so he's kind of like, all right, let's get her out to save my life. I you know? didn't think that at all. I think he divorced her, divorced her to save himself. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, thing. Because he got caught. It never answers that question, which is interesting. It's like, was he? did he not love her anymore and he was planning on divorcing her anyways? Or did he divorce her, yeah, to save himself? And it never really, it doesn't blatantly tell you. My understanding of it was, uh, or at least what I thought would happen, is that he got arrested for, like, hiding a Jew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in order to get out of it, he had to give her up and divorce her. Yeah. And at least that was my understanding because uh, they said that he, he was arrested this day and then the next day he divorced you. And yeah. then the next day you were arrested. Yeah. So at least that's my understanding. Maybe it, like, it, it isn't explicitly stated. I just thought that's what happened. Well, yeah. What's also kind of interesting, there there was some sort of weird relationship with them because he was still trying to get like his dead wife's money and he was not, he didn't really ever seem to be mourning over her. He didn't seem to be happy that she was dead, but it was kind of like, what was your relationship beforehand? You know? Cause at points it did seem like he really loved her. Exactly. Yeah. At points it seemed like he really loved her, but at other points I was like, this guy's a bit of a, like a bit of a creep. And it seemed like he, it wasn't just because of, you know, what happened. It seems yeah. like they might've been having issues beforehand, you know? They might have been uh, my, like, my. I guess my reasoning for like his behavior is that he was just so, it, it weighed so heavily on him, mm-hmm. and like both of them before the war happened, she, he was a pianist and she was a singer, and they both performed all the time. And then afterwards, she was just basically living off all of her fun- family's money because they all died, yeah. and he was like tending. He was like uh, a uh, a waiter, not even a waiter, like a a busboy. Yeah, because he wasn't allowed to perform anymore. Yeah, and it's just, and like I just think all of that that happened just just w- and like him betraying his wife mm-hmm. in order to save himself was just weighing so heavily on him. Yeah, and like the only way he could think to get out of it was to get her money, and because then at least he could like go away. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he was just trapped. And like this isn't an excusing his behavior in any way. Mm-hmm. But like the thing I like I like so much about this movie is that we don't get this. I've never seen this story. I've, like, we've seen a bunch of World War II stories, but I've never seen it from, like, a survivor of the Holocaust after they get back home. Yeah. It's not dealing with that issue. Mm-hmm. It's, like, everyone's trying to move on and rebuild, mm-hmm. but this is, like, right afterwards, and it's a very, like, it's, like, such a human, like, this feels such, like, a human story, and it's so, I just feel like how this is, like, how people actually interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Well- uh, and they have amazing chemistry. Yeah, what was interesting, too, is they didn't do flashbacks. I think they did, like, one where you saw her in the uniform, but that was it. And I really like that because it's, like, horrible things happen to her. It doesn't matter what happened to her. All, all you need to know is horrible, horrible things happen. And I think that was the case for a lot of survivors is, like, they don't want to tell that story. They just want to move on. They want to become the selves they were before, just like she's trying to do in this movie. And I find a lot of other movies, especially more Hollywood ones, it's all about the mystery of what happened to them while they were there and they keep showing flashbacks and look at this horrible thing and like that's why she's acting this way. It never it never spoon-fed you that information. No. And again, like it's something that everybody knows about mm-hmm. and we don't need to be shown because then it takes away from the rest of her story. If we're like shown what happened to her at the Holocaust, we just focus on being like how terrible that is and then it wouldn't the what she's going through afterwards wouldn't wouldn't seem as big in comparison. Mhm. I guess, like, just wrapping wrapping this up, I, I guess moving on to, like, the ending, which mm-hmm. I just was, I found so powerful and so perfect for the movie. It was just, like, when she started singing, when he was playing the piano, mm-hmm. and he started to realize, like, when she started singing, like, loudly, I was, like, getting chills down. I just thought that scene was perfect. I was like, gee, this is, and it's, like, they're not... They're both acting while performing because I'm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's playing piano, but she's definitely singing. Yeah. And they're still both able to act through that, and it was just. I was just like, Jesus! This is like all of the emotion that you've wanted for the entire movie coming out in like two minutes, and you're just yeah. like, 
Well, what was incredible too is she wasn't confident at the beginning, and it seemed like it was the first time she'd sang since before the war, which would make sense. But I like it because she's trying to find her footing at the beginning of the song, and then she finds it, and it's the first time she's confident in the entire movie. It's the first time she knows who she is, and that's what she's been looking for the whole time. And even when he stops playing piano, she's like, fuck it, I'm going to finish the song. So... Well, like, she starts singing, and then he realizes, and he stops, because, like, you look at him, and he's just kind of, like, staring off into space, realizing. Yeah. Because, uh, like, it shows it shows her number, and yeah. that's when it clicks for him. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it cuts to all of her friends sitting there, and they're all, like, silent and still, and then she just leaves. And I'm just like, yeah. I bet you she never comes back. I bet you that's that's just it. And I just, like, I didn't find the ending dissatisfying in any way. I can see how people could, because it's so much, like... I liked it. It was enough of a transition for me. Like, it was a yeah. huge change from the rest of the story. And, like, like I said, she got her herself back. And that was the point. You know? Yeah, and she doesn't need him anymore. Exactly. Exactly. It's but, just that yeah. that whole... Like, just if even if, like, just watching this movie to watch, like, the last 20 minutes is entirely mm-hmm. worth it. Just because I think they're perfect. And well, it's so powerful. My favorite thing about the movie was that song there was only I think two songs in the entire thing and that song was played in four different versions so um the first time it was playing I don't remember the first time it was playing but it was a very simple version I think it was at the beginning um I think it was not even like on the screen stuff I think it was just over the the beginning and then the second time you hear it it's on the record and it's like a slightly different version more like I don't know, westernized, I don't know. And then, I don't remember what the other time was, but the last time, the only time you actually get to hear the words of the song is when she was singing them. And I loved that transition through the music. That was absolutely my favorite thing about it because I kept being like, oh, oh, I remember at the very beginning, it was like just the bass. It was like, dong, dong, and it was just... I thought it was played right at the beginning of the movie when they were having dinner and you heard the words there too. Yeah, but they were not in English, I don't think. I thought they were in English. Were they? Oh, maybe I was just zoning out. But it was still a different version, very different version of the song. Yeah, well, it was a it was a male singing, I think. Mm, that could have been it. Um, but yeah, because I, I I was actually going to make a comment when I was first watching the movie, thinking about what I was going to talk to you about the opening scene when she's I think she's just walking around even, and they have like the bass playing in the music, um, like the upright bass. And I was like, wow, this is a really neat soundtrack. I like it. So then from there, I was listening to it, and yeah, it was the same song over and over, but just different and um i thought that was very it was an interesting choice for sure yeah. it was uh, this movie's so good mm-hmm. it's really sad i don't know when it when is it a bit, like eligible to be like one of the best foreign movies at the oscars but if it's already passed i feel like uh what were they doing yeah well it came out in from what i'm looking at it says 2014 next to it, and then it says it was released in 2015 for the USA. So either way, it would have passed. That's disappointing because I think this movie is should have been nominated. I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in the year. And yeah. both of those actors are both so good. I was really confused at the beginning of this movie, and I was like, I know this is a foreign movie set in Germany, and then it opens up with Americans talking. And I was like, is this movie in English? What is happening? Yeah. That was weird, but yeah, I guess it was the soldiers who had, like, taken over and were doing checkpoints and stuff. Yeah, and then uh, from that point on, it's in German. Um, do you know why, the one part that confused, like, made kind of no sense to me, or, like, I just maybe missed it, was why did her friend kill herself? Well, I think that her friend, her friend also didn't seem like she had gone to camps or anything like that. So I think that her friend was trying to help rebuild her and like I think it was a, a guilt thing and I think that she thought if she could help Nellie through the situation that that you know it would kind of repair the damage that I don't know if she was German but like the damage that had been done but because she the whole movie she's trying to get her not to go near Johnny and I think that she she was like okay well I put my everything into helping this girl and then she's she's gonna ruin it all kind of thing mm-hmm. I, I think it was just like all of their friends died and and they were the two people who like cared most for each other and then she realized she had lost her to Johnny kind of thing. It's, she I was Jewish 100% because she wanted to go to Palestine and Israel. 
Oh, true. Oh, so, true. I don't know if she was ever in a camp. It was never talked about, but I was just like... Then it could have been perhaps the guilt that... Survivor's guilt? Yeah. It could have been like her friend went through all these horrible things and lost her sense of self. And all of her other friends and family who didn't make it out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh... Well, yeah, yeah, especially especially if... I mean, it, it doesn't mention it, but Lena must have had people she knew who died. Everyone did. So... Yeah, and you never see any of her family. But any uh, closing thoughts on the movie, Carolyn? Mm, No, definitely, uh, definitely an A plus movie. It was, it was pretty incredible, I must say. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's definitely a movie you like should and should watch. And it's pretty short as well. It's not super long, but it's just everything about it is so well made and. The performances are great, and I just think it's a story with a subject that has been covered million. Like the subject has been talked about for so long, and we spend so much time focusing on it as like a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a story that hasn't been, or I haven't seen told, and I just think for that point alone. Yeah, it was it was beautifully shot too. Like you forget you're watching a movie; you're suddenly in that world. And I don't know where they found like the sets for some of those things. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know where this. It's obviously in Europe, but I don't know where. Um, but this director and the two lead actors uh, have made. They're like they're like a package deal. In his previous movie, both of them were in it. Uh, oh yeah. And, he, and I don't know if in the next one they will be, but he is definitely. And she's also the main actress, main main character in the other movie as well, and he's like the uh, co lead. Mm-hmm. So and it's called Barbara, but. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's also great. So I'm really interested in just what any of these do next. Any mm-hmm. of these people do next. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm giving it the dunk seal of approval. I'm just wondering how I didn't hear about it before. Yeah, yeah. I heard about it briefly this year, kind of near the end of the year. And then uh, I actually saw the ending scene in like a compilation of like movies you should watch. And I was like, well, and then I heard good things about, I heard the premise of the movie of like a woman trying to figure out if the person closest to her betrayed her. Mm-hmm. or not and I was like we should probably that seems like an, at least an interesting discussion I don't know if it works and then it was this movie but anyway Carolyn moving on from maybe one of the best movies we watched to Carolyn getting just piling on bad movies for Carolyn not pumped uh, give me one second to get the list while you contemplate the number I keep trying to pick 37 but I think I picked that the first week and I've tried to pick it every week since is that true Thir- 37 yeah Yes, I, I've added a new movie through 37, but I don't want to do 37 for every week. So <laughs> I'm going to make you pick again. Okay, okay. Um, 99. <sighs> what is it? Oh, I've actually seen this movie. W- what is it? Uh, the Brothers Grimm. Oh, God, that sounds it's got... great. Uh, it's about the Brothers Grimm, and it has Heath Ledger and Matt Damon. Oh, goody. It's like 2005, I would guess. Uh, but that's what we're watching for next time. And maybe Carolyn will have watched one of her movies that is her requirement. And we can I hear about the pain and the suffering. It. Oh, trust. I'm expecting to hear about it at least through like angry text messages. Ugh. Uh, anyway, Carolyn, where can people find you on the webs? You can find me on... I think Instagram and Twitter as at cheesefan number one. Yeah, that's where you find me. Yeah. <laughs> also, this movie we're about to watch is directed by Terry Gilliam. Who's that? Monty Python. Oh. The guy who directed Brazil. Be. Not bad. Yeah, so maybe it's actually good and uh, everything. But anyway, you can find me at James underscore Willicks on Twitter. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes at Let's Watch Podcast. Uh, we have an email, letswatchpod at gmail.com, a YouTube channel, Let's Watch. Uh, anything else I'm missing or new? I think that's everything, right? Yeah, I think you've ticked all the boxes. Okay. Uh, and next week, next whenever is The Brothers Grimm, directed by Terry Gilliam. Came out in <laughs> 2005. I was right with Matt Damon and... Heath Ledger, and nobody else I recognize. With a rocking 5.9 rating. 
Yeah. IMDb. You know what? Ooh. That's still better than all the movies you're making me watch. Don't be bitter. <laughs> you just need to be better at picking Oscars, Carolyn. <laughs> when I found out you were going to make me eat something gross, I was like, I can't lose this. It's going to be pickles, and I will... The gloves are off. I have to win. No, it's going to be like octopus feet or something. Uh, you mean octopus tentacles? They don't have feet. Well, true. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha!